0: Welcome. This is Dog Sports Live, the first ever Dog Sports Live. Uh, I am Graham Coffee. You might know me as Dog Out West on Twitter and on SB Nation's Dog Sports. This is Mister Josh Hanser himself, aka Dog Stats, the Excel spreadsheet extraordinaire. Um,
1: Exp- this is Expanded Playoff Provocateur.
0: Indeed, yes. Among other things. Uh, Enjoyer of beer. Criticizer of postseason formats. (laughs) Connoisseur of many things. Um, We are here uh, to discuss the new SEC schedule release. And this is kind of a new format for us. Um, You'll still be able to find us here on the Dog Sports Periscope feed. But we also will be on a new dog sports live YouTube channel. Um, And this will be the first thing that ever goes on it. So don't go looking for it quite yet, but once we get it up there, we'll share that link around the internet and we would love for you to subscribe and follow us there. Um, We're going to be here to talk about the bulldogs, obviously, but also to talk about the sec and college football as a whole. Um, We've got a lot actually for a random Tuesday in late January, we have the new 2021 schedule. George has hired a new defensive backs coach, and Tennessee has hired a new head coach. So
1: um, first off, let's get into the schedule. Josh, first impressions. Um, well, for all the basketball fans that are uh, lamenting our, our season, how it's going, G-Day is April 17th, but we knew that already. Uh, of course, <laughs> we're, we're very excited to start the season with, with probably the preseason number two or three, Clemson. Then we go. uh, We start the home schedule with uh, the Blazers of University of Alabama, Birmingham, and then our nemesis are now back in early season form, South Carolina, in September. Rounding out uh, the month of September, Vanderbilt. Uh, So if we just break it down by month, that's a you know we start off with a bang, and then sort of kind of hopefully um, get to hone our offensive skills and uh, try out our new secondary against. You know, once we get through the Clemson game, hopefully with a win, we'll have a chance to maybe go into the meat of the ske- schedule in October with um, some – I don't want to take any wins for granted, but we should be heavily favored in all games not um, not named Clemson. Uh, so take me through this uh, Cle- um, this uh, the, the Clemson game and the Blazers and the Gamecocks and Commodores, Graham.
0: Well, I mean, I th- you know, Clemson is obviously – that's going to be the, the buzzword – uh, the game that everyone talk is, talks about between now and Labor Day, um, and rightfully so. Like, this is probably going to be preseason top four or five matchup. Um, you know, historically, when we've seen these matchups, oftentimes when we get a top five matchup like this, like Florida State, Alabama a few years ago, um, one team ends up being really good and the other team kind of whoever loses that game tends to struggle throughout the season. That's not a, like a firm rule, but it's definitely important. Uh, Historically, if you look back at Georgia's best seasons, kind of since Mark Rick showed up uh, the years where Georgia has won an SEC title or been in contention for a national title late in the season have usually been years where like we have opened up with a big out of conference opponent. Oh, two, we, we opened up with Clemson, um, so I think there's – I think just having that game out there will kind of amp up the level of everything that happens in Athens from a, a preseason practice, a spring practice standpoint. Like there's no, you know, like little sisters of the poor coming to town to play as an opening game scrimmage and work the kinks out. Like Georgia has got to be ready – from the first snap against Clemson because that's a game where an early turnover or early special teams touchdown uh, could be what decides it at the end. So everyone's got to be ready, which I think is a great thing. I think it'll help press preparation throughout the off season. Um, UAB is a game that Georgia should win, but like I I don't want to discount what UAB has done. Bill Clark is a very good coach. He took over there when, they kind of came back from uh, all the, the Alabama trustees being
1: insecure about having UAB playing football in their state. And just in my haste, you can see that I've named this the 2018 to 2021 recruiting, which is what a graph I did last night. So this is obviously <laughs> <in> the schedule. <laughs> so hey, the new Periscope uh, uh, feed, same idiot mistakes by yours truly. We'll get the kinks worked out, or we won't but anyway well, wait we we, this, we would just wanted to jump on and break it down sorry to interrupt you were uh you're doing no you're Vince, good you were doing the uh the Vince Dooley and uh on U- University of Alabama Birmingham going to give In, us a fight so
0: i mean you know i don't think they'll
1: have you seen their I, punter i have not but
0: i bet he's good <laughs> no. I, I don't think they'll push us for four quarters but i think that they will uh They'll be better than the average buy game that Georgia has from an out-of-conference opponent. Let's put it that way. Um, South Carolina is South Carolina. It's miserable. No one likes it. Uh, Nothing good ever happens in that game. At least least it'll be hot this year. It'll be nice and hot like normal. Yeah, it'll feel like a real South Carolina game. South Carolina is probably going to be total ass this year, so it'll probably be like a a nice noon game with – you know, where you can actually feel your scalp burning uh, underneath the sun in Sanford Stadium. Um, so we have that to look forward to. Vanderbilt, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Nashville in late September? That is the SEC's best road trip. So we have that to look forward to. I know we usually take over about 85 to 90% of that stadium. <laughs> and so now everyone out there in Dog Nation knows when to make their reservations in Nashville last week in september
1: and do you think there's any extra motivation from the players that missed out on you know the last game of the season at home versus vanderbilt do you think i mean i don't know if we need any we better not need extra motivation to play vanderbilt but right that said i mean i, I feel like there might be some paybacks And kirby doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to run up a score but uh you know new coaching regime there you know it's not his old buddy Derek mason so right. you know, hopefully hopefully we will be hitting our offensive stride by then and, and our and our defense will be playing pissed off um, yeah, it's worth, I, going back, I wanted to talk about South Carolina real sick. Going back to it, um, sure. South Carolina opens up with East, uh, Eastern Illinois and East Carolina. So they're going to have two games under their new head coach to you know play some co- opponents that they'll beat. So they, I'm not going to say they're going to be rested or anything like that, but it's worth noting that they got two easy games before us. So let's let, let's, you know, I, I hope that Georgia won't let that be a trap game. And, and, um, uh, but also we'll have some good tape on them. You know, they're, we're going to know what they want to do because they should be able to do some of their things, mm-hmm. especially on offense against that, uh, those two opponents. All right. I got a really hot
0: January take for you here on South Carolina. And that is that, uh, whatever happens in that East Carolina game, like, I, I don't, there's no telling what the spread on that game is going to be now, but, My prediction is that it is uh, not a comfortable lead for South Carolina going into the fourth quarter. They always tend to struggle with like the regional kind of Carolina opponents like that. Um, They should win that game obviously, but East Carolina can score some points and South Carolina can't in a lot of years. So it'll be interesting to see what
1: happens. And that's a road game on top of that. Right. Did you mention that?
0: No, I didn't even realize that. That is embarrassing, South Carolina. What are you doing going to Greenville?
1: (laughs) I got a shout-out to FBS Schedules. Uh, I'm showing up. I'm just showing there's some screen grabs, so if you're not following them, make sure you follow them and make sure you like them for us. Uh, They do remarkable work, and uh, it's got a pretty good sense of humor about it with the crazy 2020 schedule we had and constant updates and stuff. So, uh, shout-out to them. Yeah, and I mean, I think the big
0: takeaway here on the schedule, right, is, like, we know we know we're obviously playing everyone in the Eastern division. So that's, that's six games right there. And then Auburn is always going to be our traditional crossover rival from the West. Um, That, that game, you know, originally for 2020, that game was scheduled, I believe to be the last weekend of September. And now we are back over in early October October uh, October 9th October 9th yeah so it's getting closer to where it should be but I really don't like the fact that we're playing Auburn in in October like that feels like a game that should be a week or two before Thanksgiving um and I blame Gus on for being a pissy little baby uh for that happening but the you know we, we are getting Arkansas again from the west which is a bit of a surprise because we went there last year. Um, But, you know, it's also kind of a great thing for Georgia to get Arkansas back home again. Um, We played them last year. We've got good tape on them. Let's be honest. Like if they didn't get us last year with the way that Duan kind of played in the first half of that game and all of the, things that were chaotic about that offense at the time, chances of them sneaking up and biting us in Athens are probably slim to none. Um, The big takeaway here too, is that Florida gets Alabama from the West, um, which I think is
1: absolutely hilarious. How do you feel about that, Josh? Well, we, this was all, I think we knew this, you know, when they they revamped the schedule for the 10 game SEC schedule last year that, uh that they just wanted to put that in a regular season and you know and and you know florida did a good job of campaigning you know they didn't want to play that game in an empty stadium when it's as infrequently as alabama gets to travel to the swamp um and uh selfishly i have some dear friends that have um they're georgia and alabama couple and they are going to take their family to every sec game and this is the only chance that they have to go to the swamp so i'm glad for them i don't know why you want to go to the swamp but you know yeah uh, my man DB Cersei is a uh, a gd dang good dog for putting up with that. So, um, well, I, I just I just hope it's an ugly game. Make sure everyone in
0: the family gets their tetanus boosters before they head down to Gainesville.
1: <laughs> when is that? When is that game? That game is pretty early. Yeah, it's in it's in. Yeah, September, it's, so.
0: it'll be miserably hot. Yes, it'll be one hundred percent humidity and ninety four degrees, and it is
1: sure to be a three thirty p.m. CBS game um i've got the florida schedule i'm sorry i got the alabama schedule and they got they open at Miami. they open with a neutral site miami southern miss and then new mexico state and then mercer they've got mercer bears on the stadium so uh shout out to making dog
0: on the the mercer call out he is a mercer aficionado um yeah i i think honestly though like this is one of those years uh this is one of the better week one schedules I think we've had in terms of the SEC in a while. Uh, Alabama at Miami. You've got Georgia playing Clemson at a neutral site in Charlotte. You have LSU going out to pass against UCLA. That's a cool intersectional matchup. Um, if there was some way they could both wear their powder blue uniforms, that would be gorgeous. And Ole Miss playing Louisville in Atlanta on, I believe, Labor Day night. So, Like that's a, a pretty solid week one slate, and Mississippi State has Louisiana Tech and Starkville, which probably will not
1: be an easy game for them. No, not at all. A lot, uh, lot, yeah, lot of Tech is, is solid, you know. Yeah, so it will get continue the group of five versus power five debate again, and I can talk and I'll probably use that off um, to just dis- to discuss playoff expansion because that's what I do in all my comments. So, shout out to <laughs> Shout out to John Powell who never lets me get one in without him last night. So.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the you know while we're here and we're looking at schedules, uh, Tennessee is an interesting schedule. Like they don't have that big name intersectional matchup, but they do have Pitt coming to Knoxville, uh, which will probably be all that they want and more in year one of I mean, the Josh bipolar area. There are no uh, Georgia State
1: Panthers, so let's just pump the brakes on Pitt. You're right. Yeah, they have a winning record this year. And I guess um, they announced, and of course, yeah, did you I'm sure you mentioned that Hypo got announced today. So what, there's our there's our token Tennessee throw uh you know, mentioned Well
0: my question for you know
1: Tennessee is that if you guys needed
0: a guy in Knoxville that could throw 20 yard ducks, why didn't you just keep Jarrett
1: Garantano from hitting the transfer portal? Uh, I think Jerry uh, Garantano was uh, didn't want to be there anymore, but well, know. I know,
0: but I'm just saying,
1: yeah, Josh Heupel, it's an interesting
0: hire. I mean, as in case you're not caught up on it, um, Danny White is the new athletic director at Tennessee. He was hired late last week. You oh. know him from being the guy that was incessantly annoying about UCF uh, being the national champion in the 2017 football season um he has made a lot of good hires in the past at UCF he hired Scott Frost who you know was responsible for that undefeated team then went to Nebraska and is flamed out pretty hard uh and then he brought in Heupel who was the Missouri offensive coordinator at the time and, and I did think a lot he... of good
1: things with Drew Locke and wasn't he at uh, Buffalo and and got them uh up and going? I mean, Buffalo was one of the best group of five teams last year, and I believe he hired the coach that uh, kind of is building that program up. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, that
0: might be true. I do not know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with it. I'm
1: pretty sure I heard that yeah. on the uh, on the Yahoo podcast. There's no way I knew that. that was straight, that's straight up Pete Thamel right there. Uh, <laughs>
0: but yeah, um, I mean, I think hypo like it's gonna be interesting. Um, just scrolling around Twitter. Seeing the fan reaction from Tennessee, it is not positive. Um, Which it's Tennessee, so you know, unless it's like Gruden,
1: it's not going to be positive. But-, but but okay, let me jump in on the Tennessee because I had it up there a second ago. Lane, the Lane train returns to Knoxville, dude. Did you? I'm sure the Tennessee knew that already, but yeah, Knoxville late game. Oh yeah,
0: on the schedule. Yeah, Ole Miss. Is it,
1: is it is it there? I can't remember. Is it? Is it it at, is. It is Ole, Ole Miss goes at, to Tennessee. Yeah, Ole Miss at Tennessee. That'll be. Uh, yeah, you so think? Be, do you think we're the we're going to talk about that a lot? <laughs> I think, think so. I think there will be. On? I
0: think that will be like the most hyped game involving a one in five team, maybe nice. in the history of college football.
1: Um, uh, this is good stuff. I, Let's, we haven't. Have we finished our schedule? Do you want to? You want to go through the back end of our schedule?
0: Yeah, let's go. Th- well, I do want to say one other thing on Hypel, which is it'll be very, it, that's a fascinating hire. Cause like Danny White, you know, it, he brought the guy that he hired at UCF to Tennessee. Um, Hypel's a good guy. And I mean, I think that he will at least have a little more like media savvy and PR know-how than Jeremy Pruitt has. Um, but man, like, you're coming into a hole in almost certain NCAA sanctions, probably a postseason ban if they can even get to 500. And, you know, I know he was in the SEC previously, but recruiting at Tennessee is really hard work. Like if you look historically when Tennessee has been good, they have come into Georgia and Alabama and Ohio for players. Like if you look at their national title team, T Martin, Al Wilson, uh, Jamal Lewis, Travis Stevens, Peerless Price, all those guys were from Tennessee, or I'm sorry, were from Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio. I think Al Wilson was from Tennessee, actually. But my point being, Kentucky has actually done a really great job of recruiting Southern Ohio. They've, you know, that's where Benny Snell came from. That's where, uh, God, who was the wide receiver that played quarterback for them
1: two years ago? uh uh, Wilson no that was um no the yeah um yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah he was awesome and you guys do too so you know yeah
0: you do too um and then yeah Georgia and Alabama have really locked down the states of Georgia and Alabama uh Auburn historically recruits Georgia well everyone is coming into Georgia at this point trying to get players but yeah like the nadir of Tennessee football corresponded with some of the lowest eras in the history of Georgia and Alabama football that happened to coincide with one another at the same time in the like mid to late nineties and early two thousands. So point being it's, it's really hard to imagine anyone coming in to Tennessee and really turning it around, but it's really even harder to imagine a guy like Josh Heupel who does not have kind of the like, pedigree of putting nfl quarterbacks in or there's not some big selling point for him so it'll be interesting to see how how he does on the trail and how this plays out over the next few years um yeah getting back to georgia's schedule though so after arkansas and auburn you go you have kentucky at home which and then then we get to bye week back yeah before florida so Florida is normal again. Florida is Halloween weekend. Uh, well, it's the night before Halloween this year, um, which I think that's that's nice. Everyone can you know get back to their their Halloween trip down to the South Georgia beaches. But I mean, Florida. You know, while we're there, it's like how. How do you feel about that game this year? I mean, you know, I know we're ten months. I guess. Out, I guess.
1: I guess the question is, I mean, right now, do we feel like the SEC East will be decided by that game, or heavily? You know, I mean, I don't see anybody competing against Florida. It's it's got to be Florida or Georgia, so the game is is going to be super important. Uh, our schedule should, you know, we're going to be favorites in all those games. Even if even if Clemson gets us, that's not an SEC loss. Uh, Florida will have Alabama by then. So I think it'll be just like it was last year kind of in reverse where, you know, Florida's got to play Bama this year before they get to the, to Jacksonville. So, right. I mean, we got to win that game and the game it, just like it should be, that means everything to Georgia season and it should, and it's going to mean everything to Florida season. So um, I think, uh, you know, we've got, the, we've got no excuses. I mean, we've got the talent we want. Uh, we've got our quarterback that seems, you know, to be the real deal that the, the quarterback sort of been in the missing element since, you know 2018 Jake from um and we just got to we just got to get it done you know we got we we kept our oc kept our dc we've got everything in place no more excuses you know we got to get to over the hump and that and that on that way to that hump is florida in jacksonville got to right. win ftmf
0: yeah 100% well and i think you know the inclusion of alabama on ford's schedule basically means that they can't lose another conference game and still go to Atlanta. It's really hard to fathom Georgia losing two conference games with that schedule. Um, Auburn is always like a crapshoot, especially, you know, playing them in Auburn. Like they can get that kind of butts out Auburn energy sometimes where they just sort of come out of nowhere and play a great game. But it's hard to imagine that happening in year one of Brian Harson. So it's like the, the Florida game, if Georgia wins it, there's no way that they're not going to Atlanta. Like the reality is that Georgia should win that game and they should win that game by, you know, 14 or more points. Honestly, if we're, we're being honest about what's coming back for both teams. Uh, Dan Mullen himself said that the team we saw play Oklahoma in the sugar bowl was next year's team. And so if that is next year's Florida team, then, I expect Georgia to beat the ever living shit out of them. Um, I do think this is an opportune time. You know, you brought up what Georgia has coming back, but Georgia returns, I believe, ninety five point eight percent of their receiving production, which is in the world of advanced statistics, and particularly in Bill Conley, who started S and P Plus's world. That is a uh, a big bellwether stat in terms of who is going to be successful in the year ahead. Um, I don't remember anyone ever returning that much receiver production. Frankly, I could be wrong, but I don't remember any like contender ever bringing back that much. Um, So it sets up well for Georgia.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and going back to my nerd, epa stuff i mean past epa and passing efficiency separates the good offenses from the great offenses or the great offenses from the good offenses so and we tracked this last year me and nathan about passing epa with jt daniels versus and you know passing efficiency versus uh stetson and Dwan and so yeah and we've got not just returning production because you know georgia tech returned an, an incredibly high percentage of their offense but their offense wasn't any good Georgia's offense with Pickens and Burton and the, the kid out of Florida, the the speedster um, that Smith. Yeah. Smith. And uh, I mean, those guys are legit home run threats every time they go out. So yeah, there's, I mean, we're all excited. We've always, we've been excited since Kirby, you know, you know, got over the hump in 2017 and we just got to get it done and hopefully there won't be any bonehead mistakes. There won't be any suspensions, and you know, God forbid, any injuries, and um, we do it, we get it done. I mean, this is our year. I feel like, yeah. and and Kirby's recruiting at a level that it's not gonna. This is not our only window. It's not, you know, we're not. It's, uh, you know, we're we've got another quarterback in the wings. It's it's not, you know, the end of the world if we don't get it. But dag on, man, the excuses are running out, and Lord knows we'll be reminded of the uh the shortcomings by you know, you know, it's. it's by four simple uh digits that seem to show up in all our comments yeah 100 percent
0: um so to close out the schedule you know georgia has their their single bye week is the week before florida as we said and then following florida missouri comes to athens which uh could could be considered a little bit of a trap game honestly missouri might very well be uh the second or third best team in the east depending on how how good florida is Um, and then following that you go up to Knoxville and play Tennessee, which will be fascinating to see where that whole situation is by late November, uh, of next year. Uh, you know, Hypel could have them kind of moving in the right direction, or it could be a situation like we've seen the last few years with Tennessee where they start the season. Okay. And then it just kind of snowballs into disaster. Um, Charleston Southern comes to Athens on November 20th. Don't think we need to worry too much about that one. And then Georgia Tech is back on the
1: schedule November 27th. Uh, They come to Athens as well. No, that's in Atlanta. We got a home game in Atlanta. It's a home game. It's just not in Athens.
0: I'm sorry. It is in Atlanta, but (laughs) it might as well be in Athens.
1: Yes, exactly. There'll be
0: a lot of red in the stands. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like I wrote an article last year when the schedule changes happened um, kind of advocating for like taking Georgia tech off the schedule and replacing them with Clemson every year, because I don't think Georgia has much to gain by playing that series at this point. But I will say like, after it'll have been two full years since we've seen Georgia tech at that point, And after just kind of all of the snipping from a team that was As bad as basically any team in Division One college football that still wanted to, to talk smack to Georgia fans on Twitter last year, like it'll feel really good to beat the shit out of Georgia Tech again.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I'll never I don't I don't think I'll ever be on board with ditching that series. Um, I know. uh, I I mean, it was a hot take. It was a hot take. It
0: was a controversial take. But you know, and and we've got
1: enough. We've got enough. And with the twelve game schedule, I mean, it's like you know, maybe maybe. I, you know should the sec go to a nine game six that date becomes a little more precious but for for the time being good old good old clean fashioned hate or whatever we call it is um is good by me yeah totally. all right well i mean we've turned the page to 2021 here's the schedule we've all we've got a little uh, tease of it we've got the final signing day coming up the late signing day coming up um so and then we'll just hunker down into the stretch run and basketball and then be G, the masters and the G day. So let's just, ever you know, hopefully we can stay safe and everybody can, um, you know, we can return to some sort of sports normalcy.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think one thing that is interesting uh, that just came across my wire is 24, seven sports did update their list of, five stars today um well their whole recruiting rankings but uh 2022 or 2021 this is 2021 this is the final rankings for this recruiting class um that i guess finishes up you know here in the the first week of february february 6th i believe is signing day or no february 3rd
1: did you retweet it by any chance
0: i did not i'm sorry i will uh I'll, i'll just read it out to you though um so Amarius Mims is now the 14th ranked prospect in the country. Uh, five-star offensive tackle out of uh, Bleckley County down there. Um, nylon Green has been bumped to the number 18 prospect in the country. He is now a five-star defensive back. Uh, the one that is really fascinating that got a huge bump is, uh, and this is a guy that we spend a lot of time talking about on our early signing day breakdown and showed a lot of film of them. But uh, Tyrian Ingram Dawkins is now a five-star defensive tackle. So he went from a three-star to a five-star in uh, one ranking cycle, which is pretty fascinating. And uh, Smell Mondon comes in right after him as a five-star as well, which he was kind of a a borderline five-star to begin with. But basically Georgia uh, has five-star players – Number 18, 19th, and 20th ranked players in the country are all UGA signees. Um, Brock Vandegrift did lose a star, which uh, I feel like is a an interesting one just because he did play his whole season with a knee injury where some of these guys that are ranked ahead of him didn't play any high school football uh, this season. So it's kind of interesting. But um, Georgia has four, four or five stars in their class. So it's kind
1: of Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, not bad at all.
0: We'll take and it. And I and
1: I put this tweet out last week, last night. You know, sort of uh, college football data. Another shout out to those guys. I couldn't do ninety percent of what I do without those generous uh, folks. But you know, I was able to compile of uh, going into the late signing day, the twenty eighteen through twenty twenty one recruiting classes, and sort of uh, a- averaged it out. And Georgia is right there with Alabama and right there with Ohio State. And then there's a drop off with um Oklahoma I mean I'm sorry uh with um uh LSU and uh and Texas A&M are all right there so Georgia's got the talent on that roster I mean granted some of that that, ra- that rating still has uh, um what's his name Justin Fields still in there from the 2018 class so it's not perfect <laughs> but it tells you that and I, and I actually filtered out and looked at our defensive back recruiting over that era and uh we've got some studs but Texas was surprisingly good in defensive back uh, recruiting over that four-year span so um, were. We'll, we'll get we'll get in recruiting a little later because i know we want to do a show for that
0: yeah so last thing that we want to cover today is uh georgia does have a new defensive backs coach um charlton warren our previous db coach left to become defensive coordinator at indiana uh which is good for him congratulations that's a that's definitely a promotion uh, um for a program that's on the rise but uh georgia has hired Jamil a or Ad- I, i'm not sure if i'm saying his name right i haven't heard anyone say it yet so if i'm not i apologize maybe it's Jamil adai um he is currently or was the defensive backs coach at west virginia um what's interesting is you know looking at the statistics for defense for this season um West Virginia had the number one pass defense in the country for 2020's football season. They uh, allowed only 157 completions on the year and had the least amount of passing yards, total passing yards allowed uh, of anyone. So that's a good sign. Um, You know, looking at it, I, I don't think either of us have had time to really dive deep into it, but it looks like the guy has a long history of taking Three star prospects and turning them into, you know, guys that are giving you four star and even low five star kind of uh, production. So I think that's kind of what Georgia needs. Uh, Warren was a great recruiter and, you know, a good guy and a good coach, but I don't think it would be unfair to say that Georgia's defensive back room has underperformed in comparison to their. Their ratings coming out of the high school for the last couple of seasons. So having a guy that's used to doing less with more and kind of developing talent year by year, it'll be really exciting to see what he can do with a guy like a nylon Green or uh, even some of these guys that have that have been in the program for a little while. Um, you know, if Green really is the number eighteen player in the country, then uh, you know you can probably expect him to come in and, and play star next year, uh, where where Stevenson was before transferring to Miami in the offseason. And then you've got Ringo. I would be pretty surprised if Keeley Ringo is not one of the, the starting boundary corners. So it'd be very interesting to see who kind of fills out that other spot. But, um, so far the reaction to the hire seems very positive. West Virginia fans are pissed, which is always a good sign. Um, but yeah, he played at West Virginia and ironically enough, actually forced a fumble against Georgia in the 2005 Sugar Bowl that I was at, that happened in Atlanta and was a really miserable day. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that life can month, be month. full circles sometimes.
1: I know. We should always, I always wanted to have like a little tweet from uh, UJ Nihilus that would have been a good chance for him to, to remind us that he was on the field for that Sugar Bowl. 100%.
0: That,
1: that was a Katrina Sugar Bowl that was at the Dome, right?
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, we beat LSU in the SEC title game. They were like the number three team. And I think we broke Jamarcus Russell's arm or separated his shoulder in the first half. And Matt Flynn came in. Uh, and Tim Jennings had a pick six to seal it. But that was a good day. The next time we were in Atlanta was a bad day. That's how <laughs> it goes sometimes.
1: All right. um, it's been, it's do you have fun. any
0: closing thoughts? Yeah. On the no. higher or anything?
1: i you know i've been crazy busy doing other stuff so i mean i i knew that we were gonna get a good guy i thought the the position was uh valuable enough to people looking to move up and stuff and that's the mark of a good program is having good candidates that want to come play and also having candidates for come come leave your program because they're valuable to other programs so um, i mean things are looking up you know 2021 here we are just just another year of what might be (laughs) Okay. well and yeah
0: for sure i mean i think you know everything's set up um i would say just you know try it'll be interesting to see kind of how the the offseason hype plays out and all of that but um
1: <laughs> it will be interesting to see it's gonna be off. well I,
0: you know i mean 2007 was the last time we were in this or 2008 excuse me it was the last time we were in the spot like you know that was that was my sophomore year of college and you know we were number one all off season and um don't get me wrong like i embraced it and i talked plenty of shit to my friends that went to other schools about it but the reality was that there was star power on that team in certain positions but it was always very clear that like the the line of scrimmage was not very good on either side of the ball and that everyone just was so like in love with no and stafford and aj green and all of that talent um this team doesn't really seem to have that glaring hole at this moment uh the secondary is the biggest question mark for sure so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on things coming through spring
1: practice and g-day and how that progresses we're gonna have a lot of new bodies in the secondary but there's a lot of talent it's not like we we're not deficient deficient in talent back there it's just we haven't seen these guys and yeah kelly ringo um was hoping to play he should have been if he hadn't been injured he would have been a contributor in this year so things are looking up but it's it's been fun graham thanks for uh you know glad we jumped on here it wasn't uh as always we always had a couple glitches and no fancy stuff no playback but um we're we're back at it and we'll we'll be back at it soon so this is fun yeah totally so you can you
0: can definitely find us here uh on the the dog sports feed like i said uh You can also find us at the Dog Sports Live uh, SB Nation YouTube. Um, And, you know, we don't really have a schedule for this right now. We're going to kind of take these as they come in the offseason. And when there's there's things that are worth talking about, we're going to get on here and talk about them. But we really want to, uh, you know, paint with a little bit bigger brush in terms of talking about uh, the SEC more and not just being super Georgia specific because um, we're going to do, yeah, do a lot
1: more. We're going to do a lot more. We're going to still do yep. the tape breakdowns and that sort of stuff, right. but we're, we're going to have more content um, on dog sports because uh, there's more people to carry the load. Yeah,
0: totally. And, you know, we definitely want to get some of the, the other guys on dog sports involved. Um, there's a lot of talented people involved with that website. And uh, of course, our, our good friends, nathan and justin will will always be around and in the fold as well and, and i'll uh, be
1: and i'll definitely be nerding it out in the chapel bell discord sharing stats and stuff and uh and uh, that's a fun community of guys that have been there and got us going so this is fun
0: yeah totally this has been fun um and we hope that you guys you know more than anything we really hope that uh those of you that find the show will engage with us and argue with us and you know Tell us when we're wrong and why we're wrong and maybe even fans from other teams. We'd love to, you know, hear you needle us back. So uh, come find us. There's a lot of ways to find us. Uh, that is Josh Hancher, Hancher at dog underscore stats on Twitter. Um, I am Graham coffee. You can find me at dog out West on Twitter and uh, also as writing is dog out West on uh, dogsports.com. And we will be around. So you guys have a great rest of the day. And thanks for joining us. Peace.